where the truths of this song will be more precious, precious than any medicine, than any other friend, other than Christ, because it draws us to the friend Christ. In just a minute, we're going we're gonna to look at God's Word that gives us life. Now we get to talk to God. And I want you to think on Jesus' prayer that He taught His disciples and taught us. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And at the end of the prayer, He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The tempter is never, let me say it this way, the enemy Satan stop attacking us. He wants to this morning pluck the word out of our hearts. Young people, this morning, Satan wants to take God's truth and parents, adults, God wants to distract you from here, those that are watching online, God wants. Uh, God intends to work in you today. Don't let the enemy distract you. And for that, we need to ask him for help, and we need to ask him for a lot of other things. So, would you bow with me and let's cry out to God in prayer? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It is that your name that I pray that we would cherish above all names. I pray that the name of Jesus would be exalted in this service and in our lives and in this church. I pray that your kingdom would come in great power and might in this room and in this people and in the scattered church of faith church and all of your churches, but the scattered churches in two services or online. I pray that you would bring your kingdom in a mighty way, not only this morning, but just but especially this morning, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know that it would be your will that people would be saved, that people would receive your word, that people would obey and receive with a glad and honest and good heart and would believe with patience and bear fruit hundredfold. Your will be done in our marriages and in our parenting and our school and in our growing and in our disciplines and in our habit and in our, with our money and with our health. Oh, Father, give us this day our daily bread. Thank you that we live in such a country that very few of us, if any, in this room Day to day, wonder if they're going to actually be able to eat. But there are many all over the world, including brothers and sisters in places like India, who, who struggle to have daily financial, uh, food provision. And I pray that you'd give them daily bread. And you, we want to thank you for daily bread that you've given to us. It reminds us, God, that we need you for everything. And would you give us spiritual bread Every day, including this unique time called the sermon. Feed us. God, I pray that you would meet the needs of those who are healing, like Gloria and Steve and Dorothy and Joy and many others. Heal their bodies, strengthen their hearts. God, I pray that in all of these things that we would say with the Apostle Paul, though our outer body is wasting away, our inner being is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is producing an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Oh God, please help us in that. Oh God, forgive us our sins are not loving you, are not cherishing your word, not obeying your word, not praying like we ought, not caring like we ought, not sharing like we ought, not giving, not forgiving, not being patient, being casual and actually crass and sinful with our words, cherishing evil thoughts in our hearts, lusting, despising, growing in bitterness, 
even hatred to others and anger towards you. Oh God, forgive us. Oh God, forgive us forever making ourselves judge over you. And I pray that you would give us a submission and forgiveness. And we thank you that we have it in Jesus' name. And make us forgiving people. Help us to be so gracious to those that have hurt us because you've forgiven us. Help us to not be bitter towards others that have done us wrong because you will make all things right and you have brought us back to yourself. Now, God, I pray that you'd keep the enemy from from plucking the word from my lips, from everyone in this room or online, their ears, even the connections on the internet, or someone watching this later. God, I pray that you'd keep the enemy from plucking the word so that we would receive it and have life. I pray that you'd keep distractions away. I pray that you would cause our minds and our hearts to think that right now you are talking to us in this word time. And would you work in us, not just now, but every day this week and every day for the rest of our lives until you take us home. Oh God, I pray that you'd take us to heaven through Jesus Christ, and only that's the only way we'll get there. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. So two passages. I'm going to invite you to turn. Mark 4, you can put a bookmark in Luke 8. Because we're going to start in Mark 4, and then we're going to move to Luke 8. We're going to look at a, another parable of Jesus, but we're going to look at it from two different angles, we're going to read at least two portions of the story. What Jesus is going to do in this story is he's going to tell a parable. He's going to give some instructions about parables. And then he's going to give an interpretation of the parable for us. And we're going to see Luke's interpretation just side by side and compare, but also ask God, what do you have for, for us this morning? I've been told that I am not a good listener. Isn't that mean? I've been told that I'm not a good listener. And I ask that. I've also been told that I am a really good listener. So I'm, I'm really not sure what it is. I, I think that I'm a selective listener. I think I can be a good listener, and I think I can be a very poor listener. How about yourself? I need to work on listening. I need to work on listening to you. I need to work on listening to my wife, and I need to work on listening to my children. I need to work to listen to people and not just think about what I'm going to say next when I'm in a conversation. I need to listen to you. There's a much more important listening that I want you to think about this morning, though. I'm going to tell and read or share a parable about spiritual listening. That's what this sermon is about. In fact, my sermon could be said, this is about spiritual listening, or another way of saying it, take care, take very careful attention to how you listen to God's Word. Please hear me this morning. Please, if there's any sermon right now, don't pay attention to your phone. Don't pay attention to other things that are going on. Listen to the word, not because I'm awesome. I'm not, but God's word is awesome and it can change your life this morning, every Sunday when we come here. Let's not mess around. We, we've been given his word and we won't have it much. We, we don't know how long we'll have it to be able to hear God's word. And what are we going to do with it today? You see, the, dif it's a, the difference of listening could be the difference between heaven and hell for you. It could be the difference between growth, growth in a deep and rich way in your life, bringing joy and hope and blessing to others and, and just stagnation. It could mean the difference between following Jesus and following a false savior, bear. It can mean all the difference between joy and peace 
true security and anxiety, insecurity, constant fear. It's the difference between fruitfulness and purposelessness. Let's look at Mark 1, Mark 4, verse 1. And he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat on the sea, and the whole crowd was behind the sea on the land. Imagine this. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, faith church, listen. Listen. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. And other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. Immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you have been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? Here's the interpretation. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. He preaches the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Just stop there for a second. I just pray that God would protect Satan from taking the word this morning from you, from me. And and verse 16, and these are the ones that are on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. You ever been there? You receive God's word with joy? And they have no root in themselves, but endure it for a little while or for a while. Then when tribulation, that's just trials, testing, hardships come or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches The desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now look with me at Luke 8, Luke 8, verse 11. I like looking and seeing people turn. Luke 8, verses 11 through 18. It's the same parable. I just want you to hear his interpretation just in a little different light. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. It's the sower. The seed is the word of God, and the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the... Rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And for that, 
In the good soil are they, those who hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Nothing is hidden that will be not made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care. Listen here. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he... When I say, listen spiritually, and that's what I want to say this morning, listen spiritually. Listen not just this morning about this sermon about listening spiritually. Oh, faith, church, friends, listen spiritually every Sunday. Listen spiritually on Monday. Get this Bible out and read it. Take the Bible in, whether listening to a sermon on a podcast, driving into work, or doing chores, or doing the laundry, or getting ready for a meal, or taking a walk. Listen to the Word. Come on Wednesday. Listen to the Word. Take it in. Come on different, be part of men's and women's Bible studies. Take in the Word of God. Listen spiritually. And when I say that, I don't mean some mystical or ethereal way I mean, let the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, work in you through the Word. I mean, listening with a type of dependence on God, an intentionality, a desire that the Holy Spirit would help you listen this morning. We absolutely need help because we can't do this alone. In all this work of listening... We need to pray. In fact, I, I wrote this down this morning. This is not part of my main outline, but if, if you're a note taker, and the part of the sermon is, would you consider if you're right now, we don't have the handouts that we usually give each week. We're going to start doing that probably after Labor Day. We, because of COVID, we wanted to put less things that we pass out, but we're going to probably bring them back just to help you fill in an outline. But I encourage you to be a note taker. I I have found that since I was a 12-year-old, I would sit Sunday after Sunday, and I still have some of my old notes, not because I look back at them to try to remember the notes, but I look back every once in a while and remember, God, as a 12-year-old, you were working in my life. I was hearing the word of God. Thank you for Pastor Walton. He wasn't a spectacular preacher, but he was a faithful preacher. And God, you were, bearing, you were starting to plant seed in my heart towards the word of God. Guys, what, no matter what age you're in, God can use a Sunday morning with the most distracting preaching and the most distracted preacher or the most unclear, but if it's faithful to the Word of God, God can change your life. And I want to challenge you to take a notebook. It helps you focus. And even if it's writing some of the thoughts that come to your mind, even if you never look back at it, that's okay. It'll help you stay focused challenge to you this morning is to listen spiritually. Take care how you listen. And what I see in this passage, I see six instructions, six principles that I, that I believe can help us listen spiritually. Listening spiritually is so vital. Do you remember one of the most important commands in the Old Testament? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, hear. Listen, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Or in Exodus 15, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments. Do you see, we've always had a trouble with listening to hearing, but it's a type of spiritual attentiveness that we absolutely need. Oh, that God would help us to have that. You're here this morning. I pray that you will listen to God's word and be saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you will listen and God will stir in your heart a deeper desire for his word to grow in you. And that very seed, that life, the gospel that worked in your life, that saved you will grow you and bear fruit in your life. 
So here, here are six, six ways or how we should take care to listen to, or to listen spiritually. Number one, now first instruction, put yourself in a place to hear the word of God. That's, it's just, it's the basics, but I want you to think about that. Put yourself in a place to hear the word of God. Say that for those, if you're, if you're here this morning or you're watching online or you'll watch this later, I, I say this and I want you to think about Mark's repeated command. Verse three, listen. Verse nine, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 12, hear and understand. We hear him say repeatedly, hear in verse 14, in verse 16, in verse 18, in verse 20. I just want you to, I want to say to you, and I think it needs to be said in church today, in congregations today, put yourself in front of the Word of God all of the time. Do not neglect the Word of God. Do not think that you don't need it. You need it. Even when you don't feel like you need it. Prioritize coming on Sunday mornings. There are times to be gone. There are times of vacation. I'm thankful that I had parents that would take me to church Sunday morning, and we had Sunday evening. So Sunday evening and Wednesday night, and almost any time there was an event where the Word of God was, we would be there, whether we felt at that moment like we needed it. It was a commitment because we were part of a people and the Word of God was going to come into our lives. And I know that God used it. He used it in my soul and He used it in my siblings and He used it for my parents. Put yourself in the front of the Word of God. Far too often, we do not prioritize the listening to God's Word. We think we either know that text or we, we minimize because we have a hard time paying attention or focusing to this strange thing called preaching, or I'm doing a monologue right now. I'm talking, there's no discussion going on. We do discussion on Wednesday night. We do that on Sunday school, but right now I'm talking to you. Maybe I should start asking some questions and having you raise your hand. Maybe we do that. That's for another discussion. But I do believe that as you put yourself before the Word of God with a new and renewed attitude, God God would change your your spiritual life. And if you're not a Christian, we'll save you. You see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of Christ. And Romans 10 says, the central message of this passage is, listen, don't ignore when the word is being spoken. And I want you to listen because there's going to come a time where you may not have the ears anymore to listen. And you might say, I wish I could listen, but I don't have any. The second point that I, of instruction, of being a spiritual listener or being very careful to listen for your soul, and I'm speaking to all ages here, is discipline your mind for the work of hearing the word of God. So there it is. Discipline your mind for the work of hearing the word of God. What God has, has before us week in and week out, the Sunday morning sermon, Wednesday night teaching, whether it be with youth group or kids club or in the, in, the, in the time in the back where we take verse by verse through the gospel or through the letters of Paul. Right now we're in Philippians. Listen with your mind. Prepare your mind. Discipline your mind. I, I bring this out not just to say this is good advice. I actually see this as part of the heart of the text. This whole text, this whole parable is Jesus is telling these stories to the disciples. And just imagine, Jesus has got a crowd that's starting to, to fill in. They're, they're coming. They're, they're crowding around him because Jesus is doing miracles and nobody has ever heard somebody teach like him and they're following him. But then quickly, many stop following him or start attacking him and even accusing him of doing things in the work of Satan and, and the disciples could be kind of confused and say, what's going on here? He is the Messiah. I thought the Messiah was going to bring in the reign of, of, of God and his kingdom. And why are people rejecting him? And Jesus tells this parable to say, there's going to be many that are going to come 
and they're going to have ears and they will not hear. And it was just, and he quotes Isaiah and he says, it's just what Isaiah said, having ears they will not hear, having eyes they do not see. And Jesus says, I'm telling you parables. And then I'm going to explain to you in private what these parables are. But here's the thing is, those that have willing hearts that are focused in their mind and their heart, there's a spiritual mind that we need. They're going to dig deeper. They're going to go after it. They're going to hunger. They're going to do what Solomon said in the Proverbs. If you want wisdom, you're going to seek after it like gold. You're going to seek it, and you're going to go after it. You're not going to be content until you can have it. It is a treasure, and you're going to go after it. You see, there's a spiritual condition going on here. And he says, my parables will either stir hearts or turn to stony hearts. And in fact, it's, in fact, it's not going to really turn them to stony hearts. It's going to reveal that their hearts are hardened all, all along. And I think the point here is we need to dis... Jesus was saying, some of these parables are going to be hard. And all it is going to be parables, and you're going to have glassy eyes, and you're not going to get anything, and you're just going to kind of move on and go, that's interesting, and not care to go deeper and, and he says, I'm telling you this to make it somewhat hard for you, for, for those that really care, they're going to seek these parables out and more will be given to them. But to those that just are bad stewards of it, just take the word of God and ignore it, what they think they have, even a little bit, will be taken away. I just want to ask you is, how's your heart? Are you seeking with your mind God's word? each Sunday, each week, each day, get up in the morning and take God's word. Some of us, we just need a mentor to help us. Otherwise, we're just going to be so distracted and not get anything out. But God can help you. God can help you understand this word. And the more you take it in, the more you'll be able to understand it better. And as you have others in your life, well, we need to discipline our mind for the work of hearing God's word. How hungry are you for his word? Do you really want it? Friend, do you really want his word? He will reveal his truth to you. He does say in this, at the end of this, he says, at the end, a lamp is meant to be turned on and put on a high place. and It will shine. What's hidden right now will be revealed. And and our motives are revealed often on whether we're going to seek it or not. And that's one of the reasons he says, now, Where's your heart here? And I think that a sermon like this, I pray that God is stirring our hearts to say, God, you've given me this season of life an opportunity to hear God's word every Sunday, different times during the week. You've given me a Bible. There's some places in the world where it's not easy to have access to a Bible or they can't read a Bible or they don't have a good translation at all in the Bible into their own language or they don't have the literacy to be able to read it. You've given me all these things. Help me to discipline my mind to do what's not easy to do naturally. Oh God, help me. That's why I just say it's, it's helpful to discipline your mind by having a notebook, having a literal Bible. Is so, it, I don't want to be, the Bible doesn't say this, so I'm not going to, I don't want to bind your conscience and say you have to have a literal Bible versus a device, a phone with a, with the U version or something like, which are very helpful to have on the go. But on Sunday morning, I suggest bring a Bible. If you need a Bible, we'll buy you a Bible. We'd love to give you a Bible. But have a Bible and mark it up, make it your own, and, and let it help you focus on what is said. That's number two, discipline your mind for the hearing of God's word. Number three, and now what we do is we're going to take the next three soil, the first three soils of this parable. But number three is this, fight distractions as spiritual warfare when hearing the word of God. Fight distractions as spiritual warfare when hearing the word of God. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have struggled from distractions already this morning during the sermon? <laughs> you probably have. How many, if I could broaden that question, how many of you ever been distracted when you were in a service? I have. I mean, I, I have been preaching and a fluorescent light had fallen out of the ceiling while we preached. Boy, that was, 
that was like on an Easter Sunday too. That was really fun. And I, I've, I, there's popping of microphones. Thank God we got Ryan and Herm and we have Mike doing all they can to keep us from distraction. But I tell you what, there are distractions that are legion. They're all over the place. They will attack us and our mind and our attention from going after the word. And I want you to think about it this way. Spiritual warfare that goes on every day of our lives when it comes down to the word of God. And especially around the Lord's Day or Sunday when we gather. How many of you have ever experienced and then maybe after the fact go, man, something was against us regarding either Saturday night or Sunday morning in getting to church. And you're like, boy, it was really hard to get here, and we didn't make it. Boy, the enemy was doesn't stop. He doesn't want you here, and he doesn't want you here. You might be here, and right now he doesn't want you here, meaning attentive to this. He wants to think about all the distractions that can happen in our lives during this hour. But before we... Before we think about the distractions, look at verse 14 of Mark 4. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. I was praying this for the 30-some teens. If you're in here, you are being prayed for by me and many others, that as you came back from the river trip, that that... Satan wouldn't take the, the word that Pastor Mike and your small groups discussed and, and just plucked it out. And I pray that this morning, that whatever God might tell you or share with us this morning, the enemy wouldn't like, like in this story, the birds that came and plucked the seed along the path. Satan would right now want to come and take away the word that's being sown this morning in any Sunday morning. Or in look at Luke in Luke 8, verse 12, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word in their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Maybe you're this, here this morning and you're not saved yet. Oh, you, you believe that there's a God and that Jesus died on the cross and all of that, but you do not have an assurance that if you died, you would be with Jesus and that he would save you because you, are, you have not necessarily fully surrendered your life fully to him and have put your wholehearted trust in Christ and, and you haven't yet believed fully that he would save you. Well, it would be Satan that would right now like to distract you from actually believing that and having new life. How does this devil take the word each Sunday morning or throughout the week? He's going to do everything he can on Sunday morning to keep you from coming. He's going to, make, he's going to bring problems in your family. He's going, to, he's going to cause words of frustration and anger and meanness to take place as you drive in the car together. He's going to give you a bad attitude. He's going to wait, help you wake up. He's going to want you to wake up grumpy. I don't know how he controls our lives. He doesn't have, he, he's not sovereign like God is. But in some ways, he comes and he stirs and he hates us. And he hates our hearts being obedient to God's word. He wants to put our focus on other things during the service and right after the service. He wants the service to be done and the last thing you think about is the word of God or anything that God was doing in your heart and you move on. He wants to bring the distractions of sleepiness. He wants to distract you during the service by putting your focus on other people in the service, things you're going to do this afternoon. He wants you to be focused on the people in this room that might annoy you or the people that you want to talk with afterwards, who's here and who's not here. You might think, oh, look at they're here. They're such a hypocrite. Or you might be comparing yourself in a positive or a negative way, but in a way that would distract you. It might be your, the impediments that this preacher has. It might be somebody's dress this morning. It might be the age of a, spe a speaker that's preaching. It, might, it could be so many different things. Maybe you can think of others, ways in which the enemy would just want to pluck the word of God and distract us for I name all these things that are in this room, but if you're watching online, boy, they're all over. Remember what it was like for 13 weeks of watching church 
being able to put, pause that remote, um, being able to just kind of check off and, and then decide, well, this is the morning we don't need to listen to the Word of God. It's very easy the enemy wants to attack. And I just want you to think about this. Could it be spiritual warfare? And I would say yes. Could it not be that the enemy is attacking us? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, Paul says, and against powers, against the schemes of the devil. He is, hates us, and he hates our hearts. And so I think it's really helpful for our souls to, to think in terms of, okay, I'm not going to let him win. God, help me. I want to resist him. Would you please help me today as I tune in to the sermon? And I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus gave this sower parable of the path along the pathway is for us to beware of the devil's work in plucking the seed. Number four, number four, prepare for the testing that come, that will come as you hear the word of God. Number four, prepare for the testing that will come as you hear the word of God. One of the ways to be a spiritual listener in all of our lives, to be, to take in this parable. Look at verse 16 of Mark 4. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a little while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Or Luke 13, Luke, Luke 8, 13 says, in the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. Have you been in a place where God worked in your life? You believed him. You believed his promises. He helped you through a trial. He helped you to think about work differently or school differently. He gave you a faith and trust in him. You were excited, and then things got really difficult. Things got really frustrating, and you just kind of gave up on it. You just moved along, and you, you quit trusting him. You, you took persecution. You took some ridicule of being one of those Christians that is so, you know, crazy and Bible-thumping and so, so radical, so unbalanced and too focused on God, and it kind of took away your heart and your zeal towards these things. He warns and says, there are going to be some where they'll hear the word of God, and they'll be excited, and they'll receive it with joy, and they believe it, and then testing comes. And the point here is he's saying, prepare for the test. Brothers and sisters, we need to prepare for the test as we hear God's word. And what I mean by this is not the test, of course, that, hey, what were my six points this morning? You have a test. You need to say all six of those points. No, the test is, you will, we will live life, lives where where my God ordains is right. And that song, verse after verse, talks about God is overall. He never stops caring for me. He loves me. Well, where do we get that stuff where did the hymn writer write that? He got it from God's word as he grew to learn and have the word received in his own life. And so do we in our lives as we face trials. We need to be rooted deeply in this word. That's why we need to come week after week, even in sermons where we go, that doesn't really scratch an itch. I don't need that passage today. I don't think I do. Well, God knows, and he is, he is causing your heart, if you receive the word of God week by week, to build in your heart a depth, and a rootedness in Christ Jesus. And that is preparing us during the times of testing that we will all face. Believe me, Gloria and Steve, who have spent a lot of time in hospital this week, face, faced and are facing testing of their faith. You have experienced in your sufferings the testing of your faith. And he is saying, listen carefully. And one of the ways you listen carefully is you prepare for the test by being rooted. And I just thought of two ways that you can be rooted besides just coming and hearing it each week with a willing heart. You are, we grow in being rooted in God's word in preparing for the testing by being part of a church and by being discipled. 
You need, there's no, you cannot grow as a Christian unless you're part of a church, unless you're coming regularly and being part of a people. And you have pastors in your life who care about you, pray for you, and will help apply specifically the word of God. And you can come to them and, and other church members in your life who will check up on you and care for you. That is how you grow rooted so that when these trials come, you pass the test and don't just aren't scorched by the sun. And along with that, in the church, we are discipled. And what I mean by that is, you need to go to a friend, a brother and sister, make a new friend, and ask them, will you, will you pray for me? Will you, in sense, will you, in one sense, disciple me or just help watch out for me spiritually? Will you help me grow? I mean, have any of you ever done that? Have you ever gone to somebody and said, will you help me grow in Christ? I, very few people do that. But what if you did that? What if you went to somebody that you're not even sure if they're more spiritually mature than you, but you know you need help? Who cares if you think, if, if you think they're more spiritual or not? Maybe they're, they're right with you, and it will be your asking them that will help them grow, and together you will grow within the church. We need to prepare for the testing that will come as we hear the word of God. And I believe Jesus, Jesus helps us with this warning. If you're here this morning and maybe that you are at a place where you have failed the test and God is returning you this morning. You heard the word with joy. You believed, but you, you're here, but your heart hasn't been here. And your heart is just somewhere else. It could be that God this morning would return you to him and that you would look back to Christ and believe upon him. Look to him. Trust in him. but I want you to see the, the last of the, the perilous soils, the dangerous soils, which is no, point number five, resist the alluring but fleeting sounds of this world to hear the word of God. I want, let me say that again. Resist the alluring but fleeting sounds. I'm, I'm using sounds because I'm, I'm using that metaphor of hearing. The sounds of this world to hear the word of God. So I'm saying, hear the word of God. There's all these sounds out there that are saying, listen to me instead. And it sounds better. And I want, and God's word would say, it may sound better, it's not better, and it doesn't last. And that's the point of this third soil, which is the thorny soil. Look at verse 18 of Mark 4. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, they enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Or Luke 8, 14, as for what fell among thorns, they are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. See, this, this story that Jesus gives isn't just about one time sitting and hearing a sermon because this is, this is, he's talking about our spiritual life. And he's saying, watch out, you need to hear the word of God. But you need to hear the word of God and get rooted. And I would say we're rooted by God's people in God's word. But you need to watch out because there's going to be alluring sounds out there. And you might start following Jesus and then all of a sudden you hear the sound of, this life has what you want for joy. Live for the things of this world, the possessions that are around you. And here he says, watch out for the toys, the American dream, all of the worldly concerns that make the Bible look so otherworldly and so boring at the moment and so out of touch with today. Watch out because those things will be loud at times. And resist those alluring sounds because they're fleeting. And they lead us to not prioritize gathering. I mean, how many times do people just, over time, they just drift from the church? They, they, they stop coming. They stop reading God's word. They stop focusing on having your devotions and having a prayer life. They quit caring about their neighbors who need Christ. And if they don't accept Christ, they're lost because other things have attracted their hearts. All of us are in danger 
of having lives where the very central part of our heart, which we love the most, just grows to be what everybody else out there loves. And we might say, well, I, I'm a Christian and I've, I've been saved and Jesus is my Lord of my life. He, he saved my soul. I know he died on the cross, but what I really love is that. And boy, I, I would say parents, our kids know what we really love. They know what we really love. By the, the decisions we make, the way we spend money, the way we live, the things we prioritize. Oh, that God would help us to resist the luring and fleeting sounds of this world. I have these noise cancellation headphones. Have you ever used those where you, you put them on your head your, and there, you'd hear anything else out there now? And it's just some frequency that's going on. Oh, that God's spirit would give us like noise cancellation for the things of this world, at least towards our heart. That God would help us. You come in here and then go out here. Go out this day and don't be surprised that certain things that you hear on a Sunday morning that your heart got all excited about will not feel so exciting tomorrow or later today. Don't, don't, freak, don't be surprised and thank God that he warns us and ask God to build your spiritual heart and ears to go after him even when you're hearing the noise of this world all around you. Oh, that we would be like Paul who said, whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost for, this, for the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I suffer all things as lost, and I consider them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and I be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but I have him. There's a beautiful story in the allegory of Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan wrote a story to depict salvation through faith in Christ in his great book called Pilgrim's Progress. And his hero was Christian, and he discovered that his great need was to avoid perishing in his sins. And a man who preached the word advised him, and he says, you need to fly from the wrath to come. And so Christian began running in the story. He becomes running and he puts his fingers in his ears because as he runs by people in the world, they call out to him and say, stop, there's all these things in this world, enjoy them. And he puts his fingers in his ears and he runs and he says, life, eternal life. And then he has somebody interpret the situation and says to him, all which you shall forsake to become a Christian. All those noises that are out there that are saying, no, have this, but when you choose Christ, worthy to be compared with a little of what you're seeking to enjoy. You seek an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading, and it is laid up in heaven for you to be stowed there. Keep seeking it. Oh, that we would listen carefully. We listen spiritually by watching out and resisting from the world that's going to attack us. And here's the last one. This is just... The good soil, number six, hold fast patiently and obediently to what you received as you hear the word of God. Faith Church, friends, say this to myself, let us hold fast patiently, obediently to this book, week in, week out, this morning, prioritizing this book. Look at verse 20, Mark 4, but those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Oh, that God would help us to be hearers of the word and doers of the word and followers of the word, believers of the word, treasurers of the word, prioritizers of the word. May we pray for God to help us to be diligent of taking the word of God and, and seek to practice it today. I guess I want to leave you with this. What, what news, what noise, what sound is more important to your heart and soul than the truth of this book and the truth that's central to this book is there is a God who is 
infinitely glorious, and He has made you for His glory to live forever. And He wants you to honor Him and praise Him and thank Him and live for Him and obey for Him, obey Him all your life, and to make Him the Lord of your life and submit to Him in everything, and that would be the best thing for you, but you and I do not do that. Instead, we run the other way. We sin. We violate. We thank other things. We believe other things. We go after other substitutes. And that's a big deal. And the Bible says that all will be punished for that. The wages of sin is death, but the great gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, who God sent. The news that we have that reinvigor that changes everything in our lives, that God sent Jesus into our lives to be our life. And he has given us his word, and everyone who repents of their sins and believes in him is saved, will be saved, and will grow and enjoy forever with him. Oh, we can know this promise. We know this because he puts his spirit in our lives, and we believe it to the depths of our hearts. Oh, would you believe that? And you believe that by week in, week week out, taking God's word in your heart. Oh, let's pray. Father, come, thou fount of every blessing. Tune our hearts to your word, to sing your praise, to receive your word. Oh God, please do that in our church. I pray that you would give even young people this morning a greater vision of going after your word every day, but including Sunday. I pray that we adults and parents would prioritize the word in the home and and for the Lord's Day on Sunday and throughout the week. I pray that you would help us to not just show up, but we would show up preparing and taking heed how we listen. Please, Spirit, help us. And would you, Father, bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Our hearts are all